What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. The postseason is here in Major League Baseball. We've gone through all 162, and we are finally here to October. And for the first time ever, we have this new format um, with the three-game wildcard series. We have 12 total teams making it. Should be a lot of fun. And in this episode, um, we're going to break down the first-round matchups, the three-game wildcard series. And when I say we, I mean me and my guest for today, uh, Mr. Noah McGrugley. And Noah, how are you doing? What's going on, man? It must still be baseball season because I'm on the Red Shirt Podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Your, uh, your lease on it's definitely been extended, you know. It, it really hasn't felt like baseball season for a little bit. but Oh, no, it has not. September was pretty boring for and September like standards. As a, as a Padres fan, that like I've been, it's not it's not like I haven't been watching and going to games. It's just... At a certain point, it's just naturally not baseball season. But I mean, that baseball's been over since June. But the thing is, part (laughs) of that might also stem from, at least for me and you, is that both of our teams have perennially been not playing with any purpose this late in the year. So that could also factor into some of it. But that's you know neither here nor there. Okay, so let let's get right into it. We're gonna start with the American League. Um, do you have a preference? You want to go Rays Guardians or, or yeah? Mar- we'll we'll start with that because it's nine a.m. tomorrow morning. Yep, sounds good. Okay, so the for, I'll start off with the pitching matchups. Game one tomorrow. Uh, the probable starters are for the Rays: Shane McClanahan, the lefty, who sports a two five four ERA on the year, versus Guardians right-hander Shane Bieber with a two eight eight ERA. Game two, uh, it'll be Tyler Glasnow, the big righty for the Tampa Bay Rays, who has a one three five ERA and his two starts since he's returned from injury. And on the other side, Tristan McKenzie, uh, another tall guy. That's a matchup of two very tall pitchers. Uh, Tristan McKenzie has a two nine six ERA. And then for a possible game three, the Rays have not officially announced a starter, but we would expect it to be some sort of combo or one or other of right-hander Drew Rasmussen or left-hander Jeffrey Springs. And on the Guardian side, right-handed pitcher Cal Quantrill, who has a 3.38 ERA. This is an interesting matchup. These are two teams that, um, they're different in certain ways they operate, but they're similar in the way that neither, you know, both of them operate with that small market mindset, both very analytically driven, um, and should should be an interesting matchup. The Rays, the six seed at eighty six and seventy six. The Guardians won the NL Central at ninety two and seventy. Um, what are your first impressions on this game? Well, my first impressions on this game are it's uh, interesting these two teams play each other. I mean, they're what they're, they're probably of the of the non big market teams. They're probably the best, the most consistent winners, and they get to play in the uh, in the wild card series. I think this is an intriguing series, um, and it's going to be an electric environment. You know. When there's playoff baseball in Cleveland, they show up, and uh, that should be fun to watch. There's fantastic pitching all across the board. I mean, it's 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 going to be – if you love pitching, you're going to really like the series. But I think my biggest question with the series is who can break through? Like, what offense can, can break out? And I think that's going to end up uh, determining who wins. 100%. I'm, I'm with you. I think both of these teams, their bread and butter is pitching. Um, you have – I mean – the the it might not it's definitely not the sexiest of the pitching matchups that we're going to go over today. But McClanahan, talk about having a breakout year. Shane Bieber back to doing what he's doing. Having Tyler Glasnow back on the mound is just phenomenal. Hope you know, just having a guy that talented back out there is fun to see. And that's not even getting into 
you know, all of the weapons they have in the bullpen and the the chess match that's going to be going on between Kevin Cash and Tito Francona in terms of, you know, just different little strategic things if they're, you know, the way they go to guys, but, you know, maybe that's uh, pulling a guy off the bench or, you know, different lefty righty splits that this is the game for, if you really, if you're that baseball purist that loves strategy, that's, that's your bread and butter. This is the game or the series rather for you. Um, for me, I highlighted two X factors, one on each team that I, that I think will have a big factor in this series. For Tampa Bay, um, it's their young shortstop, Wander Franco. He's been dealing with injuries on the year. He's slashing 277, 328, 417. That comes out to a 745 OPS and a 116 WRC+. Plus. He's played just about half the season. Um, career-wise, worth noting, he's a 160 career WRC+, plus versus left-handers, but only a 106 career WRC plus versus righties. And, you know, it'll be interesting because I think, you know, the Guardians, they're going to give a heavy dose of righties, their bread and butter, both in the rotation and once you get it into the bullpen with guys like Class A, um, it, it's those righties. So they're in a, you know, Tampa Bay's going to need Wander to play like Wander. Um, and on the Cleveland side, I looked at their big first baseman, Josh Naylor. He slashed 256, 319, 452, which is a 771 OPS and 117 WRC plus on the season. Um, in his brief taste of the postseason in 2020, he was fantastic. Went five for seven and three doubles and a home run. Uh, he, he, you know, he really can't hit lefties, so I don't know if he'll even, you know, play against McClanahan. But he's a guy who, who just is capable. One swing in the bat can make a difference. Brings energy. And and he's a he's a very important part of that Cleveland Guardians offense. Not you know you think about the Jose Ramirez's, you think of you know a guy like Stephen Kwan. I think Josh Naylor, if he gets hot, he's hard to get out, and and he just brings that that electricity to the lineup. Unlike you know a lot of guys you'll see. Well, if if Cleveland can get past this wild card series, like I could just see the Josh Josh Naylor villain character arc just begin in New York and he just has an insane series and because because I'm pretty sure they'd play the Yankees if they beat the Rays in this series correct um yeah, they they would yes and and I mean I can just see it now I could see I could just see Josh Naylor hitting like four home runs in a series and just completely going off but I'm getting ahead of myself it just it shows the kind of guy he is he lives for these moments yeah um I mean, I'm trying to really. You you get into the bullpen. I think the bullpen should be should be fantastic to watch. I mentioned Emmanuel Classe. I think if not just one of the best relievers in the sport, one of the most fun to watch. You just guys aren't made like him. You just throwing a hundred two mile an hour cutters. His his off speed pitches are are fastballs on some guys based on velocity. It's it's phenomenal. Um, the Rays bullpen isn't as like over the top fantastic as it usually is, but they still have. I mean, they still totally have guys that can get it done with, with the way that the Rays operate in the postseason. You're gonna see different guys go different lengths. Like I think it'll be interesting to see how they deploy a guy like Jeffrey Springs. Um, and and yeah, I I think this is gonna be a really good one. Ultimately, uh, who who do you have taking this? I got the Guardians in three. Um. I honestly don't mind the race taking tomorrow with McClanahan on the mound. But uh, I think Todd Glassnow is going to struggle a little bit. He did in his, I think he had two starts after coming back from the IL. Right. I think McKenzie will wall. And then I think Cal Quantrill will be able to get it done game three. And I think the Cleveland Guardians will move on to the ALDS. 
I I am in agreement. I also have the Guardians winning in three. The of note, the Rays have kind of stumbled into the postseason. I believe they've lost their last like six or so going in. And I don't think it necessarily that that means they're doomed because that most of these games were relatively meaningless. They they were already locked into the postseason. But there's just there's a good vibe around this Cleveland team. I like I like them in the pitching department. I love Tyler Glass now, but but it's hard to when you're predicting. It's hard to put your eggs in the basket of a guy who's made two starts um, all year. And ultimately, just I I think we're gonna have a big moment from a guy like Josh Naylor to seal it. Um, but but this one really could go either either way. I think whoever comes out of this game is gonna be trouble. Is what. And I'll before say. before we move on from this series, I just want to say how wrong I was about Cleveland. I said I I didn't know where any offense would come from, and they just completely proved me wrong. I mean, what a what a what a good story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Cleveland, I, I I never had them winning the division in the first place. Um, I don't think a lot of people did. I originally had them ahead of the Tigers, and I remember before our preseason podcast, you kind of nudged me, and, and I changed my mind to have the Tigers ahead of them. And boy, that, uh, yeah. that, that didn't quite come to fruition, is, is all I will say. But, no, no, it didn't. But that is our first AL matchup, the six versus three. Let's move on. To the five versus four, the four versus five, five seed Seattle Mariners at ninety and seventy two head up north to face the four seed Toronto Blue Jays at a record of ninety two and seventy. The game one matchup will feature Luis Castillo, the righty acquired at the deadline for the Mariners with a two point nine nine ERA versus Alec Manoa, the big righty with a two point two four ERA. Game two. Lefty Robbie Ray, the former Cy Young winner, he has a 3.71 ERA on the year. Versus for the Blue Jays, the starters yet to officially be announced, but I'd expect it as long as his health permits to be Kevin Gosman, uh, the veteran right-hander with a 3.35 ERA. Uh, game three, if necessary, will be Logan Gilbert, uh, the young righty with a 3.2 ERA. Versus uh, a to be determined for the Blue Jays. Uh, my guess would be. Some combination, starting with righty Ross Tripling, who sports a 3.01 ERA on the year. So that's our pitching matchups. Uh, break it down, Noah. Um, playoff baseball returns to Toronto, and, and that's that's really fun. I mean, you think about uh, 2016 with the Bautista home run. You had the Edwin Encarnacion walk-off home run against the Orioles, where Zach Britton should have pitched. And, uh, man, there's been some historic moments in Toronto, and, and I think we're going to maybe see some more. I think Vladdy Jr. is going nuclear this series. I think he is going to he's he could have like a two or three homer game in one of these games. I think Vladdy Jr. is gonna just tear the cover off the ball. And you know, I'm not too big into the whole like experience, like, oh, you need experience to win in the postseason. But it is a young Seattle team, and I think the moment just ends up being too big for them. But uh if if they can prove me wrong there. I see no reason. I see no reason why the Mariners don't win this series. Yeah, it's um, it's it's an interesting one for sure. Um, my X factor for Seattle, I think it's Robbie Ray. He said an interesting first year. He got paid like an ace after winning the Cy Young up north with the Blue Jays last year. Um, a three seven one ERA and a four point one seven FIP in one hundred eighty nine innings as a Mariner. Um, which it, it's not bad. I think they maybe expected a little more out of him considering the contract and considering the years coming off of, but by no means bad. 
Um, he has a little bit of postseason experience. Um, 2017 with the Diamondbacks and 2020 with Toronto. Um, in 9.2 innings, he has a 5.59 year. Granted, that's a it's a very small sample size. Um, but the main reason I think the the big factor for Ray is he's going up against a Blue Jays lineup, which it should be noted we're not a hundred percent sure about the availability of Santiago Espinal and Lourdes Gurriel, who factor big into Toronto being in the top ten um, in Team WRC Plus versus left-handers at 115. Um, this is a team with a lot of righties in that lineup that can do damage against lefties. And and Ray pitching game two, that means he's either going to be in position to to send the Mariners um, to the to the next round, or he's uh, you know fighting for their lives trying to get to to a game three. So in that game two spot, it's, there there's a lot on Robbie Ray there, and him him going back, uh, you know, to play his old team. I think the the storyline's there. Um, so I think he's going to be big for Seattle, Toronto. Um, I. I think there are some guys you can pinpoint specifically, uh, like you look at a guy like Bo Bichette, who's been fantastic down the stretch. But I think in general, it's the it's the bullpen for Toronto. Um, they they've been middle of the pack or so uh, this year with a three point seven seven bullpen ERA. That's thirteenth in the league. Uh, Jordan Romano has been fantastic. Uh, you know, down at the end of games, then they have a slew of guys like Adam Simber, uh, Zach Pop, David Phelps, Yumi Garcia, who are all. Who are somewhat capable. That it's this is less of an indictment on the on the Toronto bullpen. It's not a. It's not like they're a bad unit. They're they're fine. But the thing is, you look at the Mariners and the way that the Mariners win games is they win close games. They they led the league in one run wins. I think actually second and th- possibly behind uh, Toronto. Toronto being second. But that's how the Mariners make their living, man. They they come back late in games. You saw it was the Cal Raleigh walk-off home run that sent them to their first postseason appearance in my life. Magical moment. Magical and, moment. Yeah. So so that's the thing about Toronto is they might be up early, but it, it really doesn't matter the score until it's over because this Mariners team we know has, has that ability to come back and win games late into the ballgame. That's kind of my my two my thoughts. I don't. I think a big part of it's going to be the health of Santiago Espinal and Lourdes Gurriel. That's that'd be big for for the lineup in Toronto. Um, and it'd be interesting getting to a game three if we were to see a young guy like Logan Gilbert um on the bump. But yeah, who do you who do you have in this? Noah, do you have any other? Well, I I just want to say before I make my pick. Uh, you know, you talk about the Mariners in one-run games, and you think about the uh, generational or borderline generational talent they have in Julio Rodriguez, and it and it makes you think, like, hey, you know, this team wins close games. They've got electrifying talent. Why can't they go, you know, to the World Series? Why can't they go on a postseason run? I have Toronto sweeping, but I really do think that if the Mariners can get going and they can win this series, they could turn into an out-of-control train, and they could they could go all the way to the World Series. I mean. You got to watch it with those guys. They got the pitching. They've got enough in the lineup. This this is a big series. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, that that should be a good one. Um, I don't like when we agree so much. Um, But I I have similar. I have the Jason two. I think game one, it's really – I I mean, really, it could go either way. The Mariners could sweep – the the Jays could sweep it could go to three either way. I think this is really up, which I mean it makes sense. It's the postseason. But 
I think it, it comes down to me. I like the Jays offense getting hot. It's not to say that the Mariners can't, but like that matchup against Robbie Ray, I think that's favorable. And should it go to a game three? Not that I would feel fantastic about like, you know, Ross Stripling necessarily, but with a guy like Logan Gilbert, I think he's talented, but he's young and he has some, some clear flaws that, that can be attacked. So he just throws fastball. When when push comes to shove, I I think it's going to be three really close or two. I guess since I was two really close games, but but I do have the Jays winning in two. I mean, Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert are are great pitchers, but I really just think in a playoff atmosphere like that, you you could really get to them quickly. And uh, I, Logan Gilbert is I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would just have to say I I'd say he's probably sixty five seventy maybe seventy five percent fastball. Like he really leans on that fastball. And Robbie Ray has the control issues. They plagued him his entire career. And, you know, say he walks two or three batters, Vladdy comes up to the plate, boom, the game is blown open. So that's that's the real big wild card for the Mariners. I trust Castillo, but the other two, I don't know. I I agree. Um, I, I 100% agree. And that concludes our American League as we have the, the top two seeds, the Houston Astros and New York Yankees, both of them. Can comfortably sit at the couch, take a take a nice little weekend off. Not in the NL though, we still have NL left. Um, started off in St. Louis, where we have the six seed, the Philadelphia Phillies, who just just squeaked their way and they tried their best to to somehow Phillies their way out of making the playoffs. But by the grace of God, they made it. Um, at a record of eighty-seven and seventy-five. Um. Versus the Cardinals, who have a record of 93-69, and 69, the winners of the National League Central. The pitching matchups, Game 1, right-hander Zach Wheeler is going for the Phillies with a 2.82 ERA. Um, on the other side, if you had Jose Quintana starting Game 1 of a postseason series before the season, kudos to you, but he's, he's been good for the Cardinals. The lefty has 2.93 ERA on the year. Uh, game 2, Aaron Nola. Uh, starting for the Phillies with a 3.25 ERA versus journeyman Miles Michaelis, who sports a 3.29 ERA. Um, game three, if necessary, the Phillies expect Ranger Suarez, the lefty, with a 3.65 ERA. And on the Cardinals' side, it hasn't been announced, but I would expect it to be either Adam Wainwright, the uh, the veteran right-hander, or Jordan Montgomery, the lefty acquired from the New York Yankees at the deadline. This is this is a this is a matchup. Um, I'd I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one. Well, I think we got to start with the obvious. The mismatch of starting pitching is insane. I mean, Jose Quintana versus Zach Wheeler in Game One of a playoff series. It, that is incredible to me. How the St. Louis Cardinals are trotting out Jose Quintana onto the mound on in Game One of a playoff series. Um, Crazy, but, but it, it's not. And then Miles Michaelis game too. It, it was also in its own right crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a, a special for both organizations because a chapter, you know, a, a, a huge, the probably the biggest chapter uh, in the Cardinals uh, franchise history is closing with Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright. Uh, you know, it's this is this is really big for them. And then you have the Phillies who haven't made the playoffs and a long time, maybe 13, 14 years. Uh, this is really special for them too. Um, uh, so, I mean, it means a lot to both of these teams, 
but I'm I'm really looking at Bryce Harper, man. It's it's exciting to see him in the playoffs again, and I think he's I think he's going to come up big. I think I mean it's it's obvious, but I think Bryce Harper is the guy to watch. I think he is going to go off this series. Yeah, um, having Bryce Harper back in the postseason, it's a great thing. And yeah, these are two two very proud franchises. Um, I mean, man, the, the Cardinals, the the storylines are, are just off the wall. And the Phillies, for them to bounce back, you know, the way they did, I think going into the year, you know, they were a fringe postseason contender kind of thing. You know, they they had their spending. And then at one point in the season, they looked really lost. It looked like they they were dead in the water and it was going to be another another disappointing year. They found a way to turn it around and get here. Um, it, And it's very weird to see uh, the lower seed here have such a clear advantage in – the starting pitching matchups. And part of that is, I mean, the Phillies just uh, against most teams with that one, two combo, they're going to have a great chance with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. But like I said, I mean, kudos to Jose Quintana. He's, he's pitched well. It's, it's not to understate the season he's had, but for him to be your game one starter versus just a bona fide ace in Zach Wheeler, and then miles Michaelis, who, who he's solid, but he's not a, he's not a shut down guy. Um, that it's just that that's a clear advantage to to Philly. Um, I think if it you know game if it were to get to a game three is where I think it'd be interesting considering uh, the Cardinals have so many guys that just destroy left-handed pitching and and for them to face Ranger Suarez I think that oh. would be a big big advantage for the Cardinals. Um, I think my my X factor for Philly is uh, right fielder Nick Castellanos. Uh, he look. There's no. There's no getting around it. He's been bad this year. Slashing two sixty three, three hundred five, three eighty nine. That's a ninety four WRC plus. You know that's not even thinking about just how terrible of a fielder he's been. How much money he's making. But look, he's he's still a big leaguer, and Ed. You know he's he's shown some flashes of why why he got that contract, and he, he still can hit. And in the postseason, it, it really doesn't matter how you did the year before. We have the unlikeliest of heroes. With Castellanos, he's he's a lefty killer, um, career 131 WRC plus versus lefties. So matching up against Jose Quintana, who who doesn't have you know overpowering stuff, I think that could bode well for him. His career, he's played pretty well against the Cardinals. Obviously, he has some history with the Cardinals you know, after their little – scuffle last year when he was with the Reds. Um, but I, I think Castellanos is going to be important to look at. And then my X factor for the St. Louis Cardinals, which I, I could go with one of those starting pitchers, but I think, you know, I don't want to double up. How can it not be Albert Pujols? Um, the man has not just been, you know, like they signed him to be maybe like a productive bench bat. The guy's been great. And, uh, you know, they the Cardinals have done a good job of, of, you know, making him, you know, putting him in favorable situations. But he's just, there's no way around it. He's slashing 270, 345, uh, 550 with a 151 WRC plus, has 24 homers on the year. And I'd, I'd have to pull up the exact numbers, but he hasn't been as as locked again, like to face lefties. He's actually, you know, they've done a good job of limiting his at-bats against righties because obviously, look, it's clear his strength at this point in his career is um, against opposite-handed pitching. But he's, look, he's still found a way to be pretty pretty dang productive against both sides. So I think, you know, both 
storyline wise with it being you know Albert's last room kind of thing, and also just the fact that he's been a damn one of you know a dang good hitter. So it's not it's not just uh, you know Goldschmidt and and Arenado. They they got you know more than just a retirement tour guy in Albert Pools. He's he can. He can provide a big moment, maybe not on the bases or in the field, but but one swing with Albert Pools, and, and you can see some damage. <laughs> yeah, he's just a totally different guy than the guy I've watched the last like you know, seven years in Anaheim. Yeah, um, and I mean, obviously to be mentioned, you know, Yadier Molina hasn't hasn't had a great year um, in his honeymoon phase, but you, you know, you just know in the postseason that guy's going to come up and 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 get some big hits. I've no, but just slap a ball to right field with the bases just, loaded. They're just going to be the the singles to right field galore. Um, but this is there's there's a lot to this. I could see this playing out in so many different ways. I think this might be the like the the craziest. I think they're gonna these these are going to be like the best games. And I I know I said Toronto and Seattle would be good. I think those are going to be good, but maybe like almost like better baseball. I feel like fit. Philly and St. Louis, some crate, some crazy stuff's gonna. Who be. wants it more? Like it's gonna. I, I don't know. Both of these teams have just a ton on the line. I I think it's gonna be, gonna be just weird. Just make it weird. But um, do you have any any last thoughts before we make our picks? Yeah, I think you covered it all. I mean, it's it's gonna get weird. Yeah, I mean on on the injury front, I I don't think there's anything too notable. Like uh, I think Brad Hand will be back for Philly. What one thing I might say is I I do think like maybe Michaelis is kind of just like a or or maybe even Quintana I don't know when Montgomery last pitched but you've got to imagine at some point he's gonna get a bulk of innings in the series. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I think they could. They could hide him behind Michaelis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and same can be said with um um the way they use Jack Flaherty. Obviously, he's not really. Um, perfectly built up. You know, he's been dealing with injuries and hasn't necessarily looked fantastic, but he's a guy that they believe in. They, you know, they did it, you know, but I, I think, I think they're going to, they're going to mix and match those guys a lot. They have a number think, of guys that can go innings and it'll be, it'll be interesting the way they play it. I don't think we're going to seek, like, I, I think Quintana, we could see not even pitch poorly, but just pitch three innings. Like, oh I yeah. know he has, he has the shortest leash you can possibly find, probably. Like, get through three, four innings, perfect. But if two base runners get on, that pen is moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 100%, especially because you have – I mean, St. Louis, um, part of this, which we mentioned, you know, the clear mismatch in starters, St. Louis has the has the advantage in the bullpen for sure. They – they have a number of weapons out of the bullpen. Like you got a guy like Ryan Helsley pitching in the postseason. I think one hundred and four. Yeah, that's just the the guys. The guy's an absolute stud. But whatever. Um, what what? Who do you have winning this? Uh, I mean, I have the Phillies sweeping, but honestly, I, I I really don't have a read on this series, and I'm not confident. So I'd go on a scale of one to ten. That's like like a two in terms of confidence. I'm taking the Phillies, but. Really, I'm just gonna watch it and have a good time. Yeah, um, I I hate to do it, but I I also have the Phillies in two. Hopefully, on this last one, we'll 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 switch it up. But this last one, that is the your San Diego Padres, the five seed, the first real postseason that they've been to since 2006. 
Um, facing off against the Mets, the four seed, not your average four seed with 101 wins under their belt, um, but got beat out by the Braves through the division. The matchups in the starting pitching department, you have righty U Darvish with a 3.10 ERA against Mad Max Scherzer with a 2.29. Um, you have Blake Snell, whose ERA I do not have pulled up, but the lefty has been fantastic down the stretch versus, um, uh, we, the Mets have yet to announce who's going game two versus game three, but it's going to be some sort of combination of Jacob deGrom and Chris Bassett. We'll say for all intents and purposes, deGrom would go game two, let's say, um, he has a 3.08 ERA and then, uh, game three, if necessary, the Padres would be expected. Joe Musgrove, who I also um, don't have his ERA pulled up. I believe it's at 293 versus the other of who doesn't pitch game two for the Mets, which in this scenario would be Chris Bassett, who has a 3.42 ERA. Um, interesting, interesting series here. Um, Talk about, you know, the pitching that could be on display here. Not that, I mean, throughout this whole postseason, you know, that you, you get to the postseason a lot on pitching. But this, when when you have DeGrom and, and Max Scherzer possibly both go in this series, it should be should be some really great pitching. Yeah, I think offense is going to be really far from Queens. I, I don't I don't think we're we're seeing any offense uh at all. And you know, when you look at their season, I mean the Mets are kind of at rock bottom. Like, I mean, there's it's kind of hard to find rock bottom when you won 101 games, but they got swept in Atlanta, and the, you know the, the morale is just it seems to be low in New York. Um, so the Padres, you know, they, they've got to think, okay, well that goes two ways. The Mets either come out in the playoffs and they just go crazy, and we're we're out in two, or we can we can you know take advantage of this and shut down that offense, get a few runs, and take game one, and then all you got to do is get one more of the two. Um, I I, I, I want to say, I don't think Juan Soto's, like, going to get out this series. <laughs> I I mean, it's probably mostly going to be walks, but I think Juan Soto is just going to, you know, gladly take that bat up and just and walk to first base after four pitches, and that's going to be big for the Padres, you know, to have runners on base. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching Juan Soto. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's a guy with postseason experience. He's hit very well um, in Queens. Uh, my X factor for the Padres, and and this is you know going down a little bit, but I I think you know going playing into the idea that you have an unlikely postseason heroes. Obviously, the Padres, if they're going to win, they're going to expect contributions from the likes of Manny Machado and Juan Soto. But how about Will Myers? Um, he has been fantastic down the stretch. His overall numbers don't really show it with a uh, 261, 315, 398 slash line with a 104 WRC+. plus. But he has been scorching hot in the month of September. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting. He might, I'm not even sure he'll he'll start, at, you know, game one. or He, he might not start in one of the games. I, I don't even know, considering the, the log jam they have with guys like Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, um, you know, Jerks and Profar in left field. But the guy, he even if it's off the bench, he's a guy who has had success in the postseason. Like in twenty twenty, he was fantastic. Um, and and this second half, he, yeah, I'm looking at it one thirty seven WRC plus. And in the month of September, he's just he's been he's been fantastic. One forty five. Um, might be you know it's been a weirdly emotional you know around here. Like it might be his last run in season impending free agent. 
but he's been getting hot at the right time. And and against DeGrom and, and Scherzer, it's kind of just a crapshoot. You're just you, – it's hard to really forecast guys guys doing much. And, and I love – I love my Padres, but a lot of these guys just can't, you know, I like, like I love to pick someone like, like a, a Ha Sung Kim or maybe even a Jerks and Profar in this spot, but they're just, they're so terrible again against high velocity. And I just, that's going to be brutal against the Mets. Um, so I, I have Will Myers there. And on the Mets side, you could go a number of ways. I'm going to go kind of out of the box and say Seth Lugo, um, reliever. When when you have DeGrom and Scherzer going, you're going to expect, you know, probably at least, se- you know, a- around seven innings or so. But then you get into the bullpen, obviously, um, you have Diaz and Ottavino. But I think there's a good chance that you're going to you're going to see Lugo, whether that be the starters going shorter, because, you know, Padres are, are good at working up pitch count. Or if we were to go into three games, I think that opens up the door. And for the Mets, they you know, if they pass the baton from the starters pitching well into the bullpen, they can't afford to blow it. You you just, you can't do it late. The Padres, similarly to the Mariners and Blue Jays are fantastic in one run games. They, they have a knack for pulling them out. Um, obviously they're on the road, so there won't be any walk-offs, but si- similarly, they, you know, they, they get it done in the crunch time. So for Seth, you know, Seth Lugo, I'm not, I don't have really any worries about Diaz. I think Ottavino, not as worried either. I think Lugo is a guy who, you want him to be locked down. He's shown flashes of being a fantastic pitcher, and he's sometimes been a terrible pitcher. So that that that's just kind of an interesting subplot to be looking at. Yeah, um, if I gotta if I gotta if I gotta pick a winner, um, I'm gonna go with the Mets in three games. Um, I just think it comes down to their rotation and bullpen slightly edge out the Padres and I think that's going to end up being the key to the series because like I said with my first thoughts in the series it's it's going to be hard to score runs offense is not going to be it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough watch but it's going to be at the same time exciting because you know that one hit is just is moments away that one hit that wins the game um yeah this one I've gone back and forth a lot on it's it's hard to pick um, and, and also just like for, for reference, cause we didn't really go over them as much, you know, we're mainly focused on the, on the Mets pitching versus Padres offense, Mets offense. I mean, they, you know, their, their fa- Padres rotations, very good as well. You Darvish has been fantastic. Blake Snell has been fantastic. Um, Joe Musgrove's a guy, um, not in, not mentioning the Padres pen with a guy like Josh Hader, but you know, there's only so much to go over in these short spurts. Um, the Mets offense, it, it has the potential. They don't have the same, you know, it's not full of star power, but you think of a guy like Jeff McNeil, the Brandon Nimmo's of the world, add that on top of Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor. They have guys. Um, there's a reason they won 101 games. But with that being said, I'm going to pick, not with my brain, but with my heart, and I'm taking the San Diego Padres in three. Um, and this is how I believe it'll go down for the Padres to win in three. The Padres are going to, in this scenario, I think the Padres lose tomorrow night um, against Max Scherzer. And with that, game two, I believe, it, it seems the way that, that reports have been going out, that means the Mets would choose to go Chris Bassett in game two and possibly save DeGrom. That way he can maybe just pitch in the DS and not have to use in the wildcard series. And from there, Padres win that game. You go into winner-take-all game three. Yeah, I know it's against Jacob DeGrom, but... 
But I just think the Mets operating under that idea is dumb. And I DeGrom think, gave up four runs in Oakland. <laughs> I, I think that would backfire. And I, I don't think it's I, – I think DeGrom – you know, I don't think it'll be that the Padres will, will pour it on DeGrom. But I, I think the Mets need to just play to, play to win it and not overthink it. I get it trying to look ahead. But you put your first – you put your best forward and you go Max Scherzer, you go Jacob DeGrom. I think it's as simple as that. Chris Best is a, a fine starter. Um, I think you're perfectly fine with him. Um, in, in a game three, obviously, you'd rather DeGrom. But I think I think they're overthinking it with that. And I will be picking with my heart San Diego Padres. And, yeah, that concludes this this round. Um, we'll – you know, obviously, we were just doing this round. but And I'm putting you on the spot with this one. Um, Noah, who, who's, what's your world series pick as of now? Uh, like the, the team, like the matchup or, or just the winner? Um, you can just give me a winner. I'll go with the, uh, Houston Astros. My preseason pick was the Houston Astros. I'm sticking with it. I feel great. Oh man. (laughs) Um, so I, I, again, I hate to agree, but that one, I I feel, you know, I'll switch it to my preseason pick in the Atlanta Braves just so we don't have the same pick in literally everything. And, and I mean, no, it wasn't. We, it, we, we picked the Mets game different. At bare minimum, at, we have. At, at 